and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast Live. It's the only way we do the Five Heart Podcast anymore, and they're always new. So I'm just saying way too much here in the intro. Uh, I am your host, Greg Mahochko. It's good to see you all again. And uh, no John this week, but Minnie is here again. Welcome back, Minnie. Hello. Uh, we'll get into it, everybody. We were we were sleeping at the wheel because Minnie does this thing called show prep uh, and, and organization. And we actually have something of a flow to tonight's episode. So unless, unless Fred is here and then he'll throw a wrench in all of that. <laughs> Fred will be here and the wrenches will be thrown. Uh, Jarek <laughs> is back on the show. Uh, uh, Jarek, welcome back. I think we last talked to you at the beginning of football season. So, yeah, back back when I predicted we'd go nine and three and many many less turnovers than what we committed. In in all fairness, I said fifteen and zero. So, <laughs> well, Michigan lived your dream on that one, unfortunately. Somebody has to. Um, let's see. Aaron says the Fred's got his own flow, and Fred is here and says, "Let's see if he can put a stop to the flow." Um, <clears throat> Good, but that's not going to take long. Uh, Justin is here. It says hello, Minnie, Greg, and Jarek. Um, and yeah, I want to save that one, James. That's a great. I, I said the same thing uh, on Tuesday. This is this is a darn good uh, comment to start the show with because David hits the nail on the head. Where do you begin tonight? Could it be upset wins or portal transfer ends or legendary coaches ends? That's a so he, that's a good title. That's a that's a. I'll tell you what it is. That's a heck of a rhyme. Uh, David, you, you you keep that up. You might just find yourself in some advertising gig somewhere, young man. <laughs> David's going to comment. He's like, I'm 53. I don't know. What am I supposed to do with this skill now? Um, lots to hey. talk about. Uh, I think we have to begin at what took place at the vault there in Lincoln a couple of nights ago. <clears throat> and... I, I, part of me wants to say that I'm surprised, but I'm not because of how well Nebraska played uh, Purdue at home last year. I felt like when they went on the road, they went to West Lafayette, things fell apart a little bit uh, in back in, I guess, February of last year, but they played them really strong. And I think, Jared, correct me if I'm wrong, that game went to overtime against Purdue. Yeah. It did, yeah. Uh, Purdue won by four in overtime uh, in a game that, quite honestly, Purdue – escaped um I, I if i remember correctly nebraska went on a scoring drought i think they scored two points in the last four minutes of regulation uh some calls kind of went against them um but as valiantly as they fought purdue definitely escaped an ot last year i i definitely felt like it, this team was due and purdue we evidenced by the uh season that they've had despite being number one team in the country. They were not undefeated. Uh, now no teams are undefeated because I believe it was Houston that also la uh, lost that night. But uh, first of all, it helps when you shoot as well as you shot from behind the arc. Um, but what an energy this men's basketball team has. Um, and I, I got to say, you know, I really think that a lot of it, I don't know if we've ever had as, as fun of a player to watch as this cat right here. And I apologize. That's a blurry image. That's on me. Uh, hopefully other images are less blurry. I got home from work 25 minutes ago. 
So everything got kind of thrown in ramshackle. But uh, for those of you uh, who are just listening to the audio version of this, Keisei Tominaga, what a what an exciting player to watch. Yeah, I for Nebraska for us, well, the lack of overall star power as it is possessed over you know many many years of of Nebraska ball to have a guy like Keisei come in who kind of carried the team towards the end of last year. You know, when Gary got hurt, Bandamel got hurt, Greasel was dinged up for, for multiple games. And Casey had to take over the offense, and he did a tremendous job. This year, everybody's now focusing on Casey, but Casey is still leading the team in scoring this year, despite everybody going, okay, this is the guy we need to stop. Casey is averaging 14.6 points per game so far this season, and he's, and he's leading the team in that. And he's shooting the ball incredibly well. He's taking good shots, although there were a couple in the Purdue game where you could hear the crowd go, no, and then it would go in. Then you would, all right, nice shot. Now go back and play some defense. <laughs> he's going to have that sometimes where you kind of question where he might shoot one or two. Where you're like, eh. But he makes you want to have him carry this team. Mm-hmm. It brings a tremendous amount of offense and a tremendous amount of energy, something that probably has been lacking for Nebraska basketball in at least probably a decade, I would say. It's so fun to watch somebody play animated like he does. And that's yeah, exactly uh, what you're saying, right? Yeah. That he brings I, that to the table. So Sometimes, you know, you get a guy like, you know, you might have a, a star player that sometimes, you know, knows he's a star man and kind of lacks kind of on the defensive side. Casey's improved defensively. I mean, last year, let's face it, he was a little bit of a liability because they needed him squarely for the offensive side of the ball. Now Casey can bring the energy a little bit on both sides. And if guys kind of guys are kind of helping each other out, bringing the energy, Casey kind of just leads the way. But if Casey is lacking a little bit, there's plenty of depth throughout both energy on defense and on offense that if Casey doesn't go, that this team all of a sudden doesn't flounder. Casey will just Casey will just make sure it goes along in case, you know, somebody else is is not quite going. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to watch that for a change that there is a Nebraska ball team that can either beat you offensively or beat you defensively. And for once against Purdue the other night, it looked like both of them kind of took over. Yeah. I want to uh, hit this comment here from Aaron. I don't know if it's because Aaron is a, a, a Jasker. I'm not sure, but we get into the context. You understand uh, Aaron says the game, that game was awesome, which is saying a lot for me because I like Husker <laughs> basketball slightly more than hangnails and vomiting. So well, now uh, we're going to, now we're in for a treat. It, it seems like we are on the momentum shift right now. I, I think as long as Nebraska does not lay an egg tomorrow night at Iowa, mm-hmm. Nebraska basketball could actually be ranked in the top 25 and floating right about where Creighton is, who's currently at 22. I know that the conversation came up, um, maybe it was last week on the show, I got a bad memory, that the, the three games were crucial, which was – uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Iowa, and how those three games went would dictate a lot of 
maybe where our fan expectations should be. We didn't rise to the occasion uh, in Madison over the weekend, mm-hmm. but definitely responded uh, in, in a big way on Tuesday. And I, I just, I, he said it immediately after the team got, you know, into the locker room. And I think he doubled down on, it. he says, nobody, uh, Fred Hoiberg says, that's, that's the past. You know, we, we are looking forward we'll come into the gym. We'll do things. You know, this was, Tuesday night, he said, "We'll come into the gym. We'll we'll uh, you know do things like normal. We'll get ready because that one's gone." And he said it again in a, in a presser that says, "Nobody cares about what happened Tuesday night anymore." So, huh. yeah, and, and and that's the right mindset. Uh, this this is the quintessential. If you followed Nebraska basketball for years and years, this is the quintessential. You have a real big high, and now this one's going to come out with a resounding thud tomorrow night, and you really hope that that doesn't happen. This team, however, is built differently, so that's going to help us out. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is we play Tuesday night, and it's a short turnaround coming off at a tremendous emotional high, beating number one. Iowa has not played since Saturday, so they've got a few more days of rest. They've seen what we can do, and now they're kind of banking with the home floor tomorrow night maybe we can catch nebraska kind of napping a little bit of a hangover so i'm really hoping that that doesn't happen because this screams trap game here but the good thing is is this team is built better both offensively and defensively than it has been in years and credit to fred hoiberg for building this roster in his original couple first two years, more like a Big 12 roster, which didn't suit very well in the Big 10. Now he's developing both de- keeping the offensive side of the ball, but now he's put a lot more focus on defense, which has done a tremendous amount of good the last two years in particular, uh, especially when it's come to Big 10 play. Because correct me if I'm wrong, the I don't know if the mindset, maybe the assumption from the fans was that it was going to be a run and gun offense that was just going to score, you know, have to score 100 points to win. But because of the uh, adjustments that Fred Horberg and company have made, then, you know, they're able to get some of those defensive ballers. And uh, I I apologize to everybody, ballers. I'm too old to use that word in that context. Um, But uh, they have really balanced out the roster. Uh, and I'll admit from a guy who's from Illinois and the same state that ranked mass just came from, I mean, it was either Bradley or Illinois state, something like that. I said, okay, well, he's going from, you know, group of five to power five in, in football nomenclature. It's like, oh, what would he do? And he stood in there with what many consider to be one of the best players in the country on Tuesday and showed his medal. So, uh, you know what this team is in you feel bad i think at times for guys like Bryce McGowan's who was the stud here a couple of years ago and man oh if he was here with us right now where where could this pretend? and i'm not i'm not saying the team we don't have is good obviously it's the best record so far under Fred Hoiberg but you know if we just had maybe one more element if we could just kick it up one more you know, kick it up into one higher gear, you know, what would the the ceiling be for this team? Well, we're just starting, right? I mean, we have how many more games? Melissa just pointed out that we play Wisconsin again. Yeah, we'll we'll get them at home uh, a second time. Uh, I think sometime in February is when we'll see them. Um, 
but yeah, and probably by then Wisconsin will have set themselves as they currently are number one in the big 10. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really would not sleep on them possibly winning this conference, despite how good Purdue is. I uh, want to point out here that uh, Justin made the comment and he did correct himself. I'm not going to get into the, the grammar and phonetics of it all, but uh, he says the Husker women just won. So we could see a world where both the men and the women are ranked at the same time for the first time ever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, that, the ladies, nice? the the ladies kind of struggled a little bit in the fourth quarter tonight, um, but they did a really good job of hitting free throws late, closing Illinois out. So yeah, uh, ladies are four and one in conference play. Guys are the men are three and two. Um, you know, with a, a really solid win over Purdue, a, an Indiana team that is going to be okay, struggles a little bit on the road, uh, and then the the underrated win right now in conference play with Michigan State. Michigan State right now is nine and six, but one and three in conference play. There is a reason you want Tom Izzo's group early because come February and come March, all of a sudden that team goes from green and white to full Hulk mode, goes pure green, and you don't want Tom. Tom Izzo's group is always, always dangerous in March. Yeah, they definitely have the, the track record and the pedigree. You know, you know. For so many of the other schools, they've been there, you know, and and I just I just want Nebraska to get there and to do that thing that Nebraska has never done, and that's win a game in the tournament. A um, couple of uh, comments here. Uh, Justin says fourteen more games. Uh, Tiger Shark Diver says John Cook should coach basketball part time. <laughs> uh, Fred says that Greg's a baller, shot caller, twenty podcasts making John holler. I don't. Not entirely sure how to. <laughs> he just um, came up with that. <laughs> uh, Tiger Shark Diver also says the Michigan State is in Canada. Might as well be. Um, mm, I'd, I'd go more Minnesota. I'd be worried about with them being Canadian. Justin wants to know if we're a Nebraska ball school with those big we eyes. Have, we have been. I mean, it, usually it's it, it's the women's team that you know sure makes. It, a postseason appearance here over the last few years. And normally, you know, under, under Connie Yori was pretty steady. Uh, Amy Williams has done a really good job over the last three, four years, building a team been making multiple NCAA tournament appearances. And now all of a sudden you got Fred Hoiberg doing it. It's nice to have two basketball teams who can help bridge the gap between football and volleyball and baseball and softball. You know, there'll be a lot of uh, even Nebraska fans who after the win on Tuesday, are coming out of the woodwork and say, "Hey, look, we have two basketball teams." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a rare day when that happens. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I James, can this we, is the one. Can we quickly just talk about the um, storming the court? You mean this episode? Yes. Oh my gosh, the what a sight! And Rule and Trev Alberts—they were leading the pack there. As they should have, as they should have. I I think it's it's fun with. Sorry, go ahead. ahead. No, I insist. It's my show, so I get to tell you to talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's always fun when you actually get to see the AD let loose a little bit and storm the court as well. Because, you know, it's like, all right, you know, he's got to be the one guy where you got to go. All right. He's he's got to be the guy who, you know, act like you've been there. But when Trev Alberts and then the head football coach are both going at the same time and almost one of the first ones out on the court 
that should tell you everything you need to know about how excited they are about this this about this particular basketball team. Yeah, they're, I, they're competitive. That's what that tells me. Let's see. Fred says uh, Matt Rule stormed the court, led by his Patrick Duffy leg. He cannot be tamed. <laughs> um, I just think talk talk about. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut this uh, picture down. They beat Purdue by 16. The last time they beat a number one was February 8th, I believe, 1982. Also a 16-point win over uh, Missouri at that time. And when it happened on Tuesday night, I believe it was John says, it's the first time it's happened since I was in college. And I had to tell him, I'm like, I don't want to make you feel old, John, but that was five months before I was born. (laughs) Let's see, 82, I was a sprite young age of minus five. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was young. Minnie, we're so sorry. (laughs) Um, All right, so a couple – their mascot – their mascot's not even a train. It's a creepy guy. It's a railway worker with a sledgehammer, really. It's the Boilermakers. We have – I think we've had this discussion maybe last year, maybe last year about the time that Nebraska was playing Purdue very uh, close, but uh, Purdue Pete. And again, I don't have pictures, so I apologize. Purdue Pete or Steely McBeam. Now, if you don't know who Steely McBeam is, that is the mascot that somebody in marketing decided the Pittsburgh Steelers needed. And only about 10, 12, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, Equal, you know, hard hat types, black overalls, you know, so similar appearance. But, man, that's Steely McBeam. It is – got to wonder about that guy. Uh, all right, so let's see here. A couple – oh, this is what I was going to – I tweeted this out after the game on Tuesday. James Borman uh, saw that tweet, liked that tweet, and is now stealing my tweet. And he says that all the games are on Peacock from now on. Oh, gosh. You so, know, they. So, I saw it. I just saw today that they are offering a fan discount for like thirty nine ninety nine per year, compared to the four ninety nine a month. So I didn't do the math, but it sounds better because yeah, it looks like there's three, right? Three basketball games on Peacock, and who, we have no idea how many football games are going to be on Peacock. I, I think with the new TV deal with NBC, that's really going to help out a lot. You know, um, well, I, you know, there's been a lot of people over the last couple of years or last couple of years, you know, who have been barking in particular, not real happy going, oh, man, it's on Peacock or why does this have to be on a streaming service? Well, streaming services are quite honestly the way things are going right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with James, you know, and, and you, Greg, you put it out there too, Nebraska. We're not superstitious. We're just a little stitious. Right. Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska is 2-0 on Peacock by double-digit wins because Oregon State and Purdue were the two wins, and we beat Oregon State by, I think, 20-something, and then Purdue by 16. So if we play on okay. Peacock from here on out, yeah, I'm fine with that. We'll win the whole darn thing if we keep us on Peacock. Moonbot7 uh, did the math for me. That's what I was doing calculations over here. Uh, it it's for if it's four ninety nine a month that you pay mm-hmm. for the whole year that round about to just about sixty bucks you know uh but many you were saying that it's thirty something thirty nine ninety nine fan so discount Moonbot here with a forty five ish percent discount so um pretty good 
James says, didn't see my tweet. Don't have Twitter, but great minds. I don't know about great. Let's just, again, a little stitious. Um, <laughs> good, good enough minds. How about that? <laughs> but James was in a high school sophomore listening to that Missouri game on the radio. The crazy thing, maybe the craziest thing about all of this is Kent Pavelka was on the call for both games. And I was talking to a very good friend of mine who I promised I wouldn't put in timeout this week. Uh, and I said, I thought Kent was like 55. Would have had no idea that, that he has had a 41 plus year career uh, in radio. So, um, I, I mean, he's, he still had the giddiness in his voice, right? When he calls basketball games. I mean, you, you'd think the way he carries his voice with the passion and the energy, you'd think Kent would drink like four or five Red Bulls has, has the gung ho go attitude of, of a college guy and just, just goes right on into it. And, and does not care. Bring all the energy. Uh, James is here. He says on Black Friday. See, Black Friday is not just for TVs and and uh, refrigerators. I, I don't know. Of that. Uh, Black Friday picked up Peacock for nineteen ninety nine for the whole year. Um, Dang, he should have bought it for all of us. That's right. <laughs> uh, Roger Moore says, "Can you uh, get Kent Pavelka on the show?" I could try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people want to be associated with us, um, <laughs> but we can try. We're working on something. It'd be a conversation. Uh, it's my understanding that would not be able to be live, uh, but it is a conversation uh, with uh, a well-known Husker media type. Uh, we're working on that. That would be a recorded and, and played set up for you all. We, don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> let's see here. All right. Let's switch, uh, change up a little bit. Not to say that we couldn't talk about. Thing. Okay. That's one. It's always one thing. I did notice that we play Michigan, the men's basketball team. That's our last game. How okay. good is Michigan this year, Jarek? So Michigan, Michigan is a lot like Michigan State. It's a team that you don't want to sleep on too much. But Jawan Howard's group is almost kind of doing a reverse effect of what Hoiberg is doing here at Nebraska. Michigan under Jawan Howard has started off really well in his first couple years. And last year, and kind of particularly this year, Michigan's just not as good as you would think they would be. And it's really kind of surprising. The name for, you know, Juwan Howard was a big name with a Fab Five in Michigan. Juwan Howard had a really good NBA career. You know, he would be a good stepping stone for guys who would want to get into the NBA or guys who would want to, you know, bring Michigan back to prom. I mean, Michigan was really good under under Beeline and was really good the first couple of years under Juwan Howard. And it's like the Juwan Howard magic kind of wore off. And it's a weird thing to kind of note. It's a weird thing for me to kind of go, is Michigan basketball like slipping down a little bit? And it's because you're used to them winning, you know, 18, 19, 20 games a season with really not much problem. And I just don't know if they get to 18 wins right now this year. Wow. And I might see them honestly struggling to be a lower seed NIT team, which is almost unheard of with Michigan. 
Well, that's good to know. I had to ask. <laughs> I thought you were going to. Well, when you, the way you, you set it up, I said, should we be concerned about them stealing our signs? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I was gonna, I it depends on if, if they've got any, if they've got Connor Stallions, you know, with if Hoiberg's calling out, you know, you got, you know, one finger, two finger, you know, calling the number of plays. If he figures out the plays from there, then yeah, you're going to have a little bit of trouble. You might have to switch things up. But as long as you keep Connor Stallions out of PBA, you should be okay. Uh, as we kind of uh, switch to football, uh, we do need to address the elephant. And maybe I'm using that word on purpose. Maybe not in the room. The absence of our founder and fearless leader, Mr. John Dam Johnston, and Tiger Shark Diver is on top of it. He's he's doing that uh, flight tracking, and he knows that there was a <laughs> flight from Minneapolis to I don't know, not probably not Tuscaloosa. It's probably too remote, but Atlanta, and then like three Ubers later to Tuscaloosa. So. <laughs> Tiger Shark Divers on the ball. It says John is interviewing for the Alabama job right now. So you have found us out. Uh, we are we're all going to be sued. Our NDAs have been violated. Um, Fred, don't I? I know I I opened up that door and I'm regretting it. Uh, Fred, just just let that one close uh, uh, quietly. Um, let's just uh, yeah. So. Football. It's been a busy week uh, going back to, gosh, many since we were here last Thursday last, night. Last week, yeah. Or, no, last we Wednesday said that, We said that um, Isaiah Nair was at the game. Do you remember that? And I, then I, the I've day. got a very bad memory, but we'll go out and say I do. Yeah. And then the next day, we find out that he's with us. He committed and then um, I want to say that weekend we had five uh, transfer por portal uh, players visiting. And do we want to tell everyone who we got? Well, let's just uh, let's hope. Let's hope I got. I don't think I have all the pictures, but let's just do the best we can. Okay, let's do it. If I well, don't do this once, like a like a not a bobblehead, but a bobble waist once an episode, I feel. I'm <laughs> robbing our, our viewers. So, all right. I apologize to everybody. Minnie, you're up. Okay. So we got Jamal Banks, the four-star Wake Forest wide receiver. Sorry, Jarek. This is kind of where you disappear into the background. <laughs> That's fine. Most, most people try to do that to me personally anyway, so I'm good. Jarek, usually it's me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not personal. And then, um, we got Micah Mes Mescua. Yeah, I'm glad you said that one. I wasn't about to. The take four that star chance. offensive lineman from, well, first he was recruited by Rule to Baylor and then he went to Florida just last year. Right? And well, he was definitely in a Florida uniform there. So, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank and you. Dante Dowdell. The four-star running back from Oregon. Look at that. That's such a cool picture. Can't everybody do that though? <laughs> uh, not without not without severely pulling about four different muscle groups. 
And that's if I'm Raiola in the picture, not that <laughs> that's one. What I was that's the one I was thinking I could do. Like I can sit on the 50. <laughs> Somebody can jump over me. That's fine. Yeah, that's really great. That's a, that's a fair amount of, as the, the kids say, ups. Well, and then right before, just a couple hours ago, we got, um, ooh, who did we get? The linebacker from Syracuse. Thank you. You're yes. welcome. That's all I can tell you. I can't remember his name. Stefan. Uh, help. Stephon, is it Stephon Thompson? Thompson. There you go. Thompson. I should have yep, Stephon Thompson. That. I don't have a picture. Sorry, kids. Mm-hmm. So it happens. So many I... people doubted that we were going to get him, but there you go. We're putting together quite a quite a team. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you. Melissa. Melissa filling in the blanks for us. She's <laughs> Thompson. And that's what we're going to put a pin because there's other Thompson news that we want to touch on briefly, but uh, um, yeah. So look, we get offensive lineman. Big body wide receiver, a second big body wide receiver because we got the other one from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a running back, a big stocky frame running back. Mm-hmm. We got a linebacker, which I think we needed some depth at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was in our Slack chat, uh, which you two are, are privy to, but sorry, everybody else, um, it, they don't get to see this, but the Slack chat is great. And I don't know if see you two, neither of you, Jarek or Minnie have been around for a proper uh, Slack chat after dark. Um, (laughs) It, it, you got to go back a few years for that, but it was, um, they said that basically Matt rule was trying to one up uh, HCSF. HCSF was like, let's get 250 walk-ons. And Matt rules like, no, no, let's get 250 scholarship. (laughs) Because they have been booming in in the portal. I mean, uh, we we throw it around, right? The uh, winning the off season, but Matt Rule is going out. Find, he's he's looking at his roster. He's finding the needs. And he's Dude. he's attacking those positions. Yeah, yeah. We have some weapons, definitely. For I mean, very concentrated on offense with Dylan Rayola. I mean, we that's huge. But you have to have players to defend him and he has to have people to throw to. So we have all that now. It's going to be really exciting. I'm so excited about the spring game just to see them all play together. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, you lose a couple of, a couple of solid linebackers. It's good to have plenty of experience that'll come back in MJ Sherman, um, Mikhail mm-hmm. bear, um, but you, you know, you lose Reimer, you lose Henrich, you're going to need some, you're going to need some big time guys who can fill in, fill in spots. Um, everybody knows that quarterback was probably your biggest glare glaring position on offense. Solve that with Riola, solve that with Kalen. Um, and then an emergency, you have Harburg still Now whether or not he moves positions is going to be, you know, the one big ask. Um, but then wide receiver. You know, uh, it was a position that, you know, Samare Toure, you know, Trey Palmer, big time, big time transfers did come in. So there is a path for transfers to come in and give you one good season. You know, I think Billy Kemp was pretty good, 
but the problem is he had nobody to get him the ball. So I, I feel like in that respect, it was kind of a little bit difficult for him. Like everybody's like, Oh, I don't know if he was that great. Well, we never really got to appreciate what belly Kemp could do. Cause it was just a struggle to get him the football. So now you have a quarterback who can spin it. And now you add a couple more weapons. This could be a fun offense to watch. Well, and on, on top of that with, with Billy Kemp, it, the the receivers that that are brought in through the transfer portal this offseason are different types of receivers. These are guys who are going to uh, stretch the field, the the big body go up. I, I when I think of big body wide receiver, and I apologize, this is going to uh, trigger throw alarms. I'm not saying that either of these guys are going to have the career, but I th- when I think of big body receiver, I think of Calvin Johnson. You know, for for me, he's that prototypical big body, go up, get the ball uh, player. That Nebraska, I don't think we've had like a big body receiver since Kenny Bell. Yeah, easily. Uh, Another one that came to mind was, for me, was uh, Maurice Purify. Yeah. And that was in the Callahan era. (laughs) Um, I I mean, so. These guys are tall, they can run, and they have weight on them. It's like. Could you ask like, for anything more? <laughs> Stanley Morgan was great. Oh, yes. But he wasn't he, very he wasn't though. right. He wasn't that big body receiver. So mm-hmm. did did the best I mean set oh, records. You know, so I mean I'm I'm not I'm not discounting his abilities and, and he's parlayed that into a an NFL career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when he's healthy and, and utilized properly. I, even though I was is it still the Bengals? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I want him to succeed, but not the team. Uh, but I, I digress. <laughs> uh, we have not had those those types of, of receivers, that kind of prototypical run down the field, go up, catch the ball at the high point you know, type of, of receivers. So I'm very excited about uh, the guys coming in. Uh, Malachi Coleman, uh, uh, Jalen Lloyd, those guys are burners, and they're just going to be able to get down the field uh, – I'm, man, again, I'm trying not to gush here, but Matt Rule's doing some special stuff in Lincoln. I hope mm-hmm. I hope people are, are realizing and and not not getting getting too wrapped up in the five and seven record uh, of 2023 to realize what's going on in Lincoln right now. Right, and and think of Alex Bullock too. Right, the walk on that got a scholarship last year. I mean, he did so much for the team, but he didn't. I mean, this is having these players. You know, iron sharpens iron. He's only going to get better. Fred, with a good yeah. one here, you, you uh, Jarek, you mentioned Maurice Purify, but Quincy Anunua, um was one that f- flies under the radar, you know, and, and he is part of, um, I want to say, I'm almost certain it was, it, he was the receiver of the longest passing touchdown in in. Bowl history, correct? The 99-yard pass the 90, from uh, Tommy Armstrong to Georgia, which is crazy. We beat Georgia in a bowl game. We were here. We And then, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Fred, we know who else was a burner. Randy Gregory. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, as a Denver Broncos fan, I believe that was the uh, – that was one of the two gags when uh, you know the Bron- it was the Broncos that signed retreated for Russell Wilson, 
uh, and then Randy Gregory. And then shortly after that, Denver Stadium spontaneously caught fire and burned a whole section. And the running jokes were either let Russ, Russ started cooking already or Randy Gregory forgot to put something out when he was in the middle of a tour in the stadium. Uh, we are going to be uh, getting Dylan on here in a little bit to talk about wrestling. Uh, a few more, I, I suppose, football things to talk about. Yes, uh, uh, the couple of big headlines uh, and and. Monday night was the national championship. It's 36, almost 37 minutes into this uh, episode. It feels like it was last. I mean, it feels like it was last month. Right. It, it, it feels in, and I, I watched more postseason college football this year than I have in, in a long time, which is crazy. Cause again, Nebraska wasn't there, but those dirty rotten cheaters from Ann Arbor won the whole dang thing. Uh, mm. There we go. Credit Aaron J. Thornton. Uh, for using this picture. Um, uh, yeah. yeah I, I was pulling for Washington. I just had a feeling, especially as, as Michael Penix Jr. continued to uh, get beat up, that it was it, they were going to be in for a fight, and they just didn't They didn't have enough in them. Yeah. yeah that, that game proved the different the, – the kind of the gap that Washington, as it gets into the Big Ten – the gap of the interior linemen on both sides of the ball. Michigan had a distinct advantage, in my opinion, on both sides. They did. And it unfortunately, it showed up and in a hurry. Well, Michigan, you know, what they do is they kind of try and beat you down in the first half of the game. And if you give them a foothold, then they just pummel you. And that's exactly what I, in fact, I stopped watching the last five minutes of the game because I knew it was just, it was over. <laughs> and I felt so bad for Penix. I mean, he looked like he had gotten beaten up so bad. Yep. Um, we got to cycle back here. Uh, Josh brings up a good one here. 2022, 2021. Uh, there was a, a Nebraska player that I, perhaps unjustly uh, didn't give enough credit to Who's that? Brody belt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I continually dogged the, this young man uh, on the show. Every time I did Todd or John, whoever was on the show at the time, I think this is before we did uh, a lot of these live, uh, you know, every week it seemed I was, I was dogging. I was like, come on. We got to find somebody better. We got to find somebody better. Brody Belt, you're welcome on the show anytime. Uh, all in good fun, all for the sake of entertainment. No ill will. You're a husker, and uh, uh, it's, it's we we appreciate uh, your contributions to the program at a time when Nebraska was uh, being led by a psychopath. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Brody Belt. <laughs> My deepest and most sincere apologies to you. Uh, and thoughts are uh, uh, Greg Mahachko's thoughts are, are his own and are, are in no way affiliated with, uh, in this regard, coordination uh, Vox or or any of its, of its <laughs> subsidiaries. The fight, yeah, just me, just me, just, just my opinions. So, all right. I think, I, 
I think I'm more confused. To, I think I'm going to have to make you specify which psychopath has been leading us ever since Frank Solich. I feel like it's just been nothing but that. Uh, it was HCSF. I'm sorry, former HCSF. CSF. Yeah. So we we go by initials here. <laughs> so some 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 names are it's it's like uh, you can say Voldemort before you can say the other one. So. <laughs> Yeah, that that was definitely a former HCBC days when I was in college, and then student tickets when you know the student section was empty by halftime when you know we were getting blown out by various Big Twelve teams. Uh, Tiger Shark Diver says the Brody Belt just started a leather company, but I'm thank you very much. Um, and Josh says uh, Riley was not a psychopath. That'd be like calling Mister Rogers a I psychopath. I kind of agree. Yeah, he was Mr. What the, Rogers. What is the matter with you, Jarek? Is Mr. Rogers I mean, a psychopath? I don't think so. I've seen the documentary. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it depends on you know he was he was what he was in the Marines, wasn't he? No, he was a Presbyterian minister. All He's those nice all those internet rumors, rumors, they're just that they're rumors. It's okay. See, the problem with that is here's, it's here's not official piece. unless it's Facebook official. So if it wasn't on Facebook, I think that's probably where it went wrong. Jarek, we're going to have a conversation about the internet. <laughs> All right. If it's about Mr. Rogers, it's likely false. Like right. how he had to wear the sweaters all the time because he marked his kills uh, on in, in, in tattoo on his. Now, that being said, if it's said about Chuck Norris, it's likely true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, but those ones are at least pretty awesome, though. Here everybody's, we go. Everybody's got their favorite Chuck Norris jokes. Tiger Shark Divers five bucks says Mr. Rogers is a G. I don't Gee. know why I did that. That's I feel I feel I feel that. I'm in a weird I'm in you're a weird like, mental place tonight. You're you're rapping tonight. <laughs> I I don't I I feel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Okay, so you just wear your your hoodie with a big. No, I was I, I was going to hide. I, I was going to hide. That's what my wh whenever I uh, I say something and embarrass my oldest son. If he's wearing a, a hoodie, a hooded sweatshirt, or a jacket, or something, he pulls it up and tries to hide. I was trying to hide. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. This I, I'm going to read this one. I'm going to read this one, Fred. I'm not going to apologize for it. John interviewed to be Mr. Rogers, but got kicked out when he called Lady Elaine a shitbag. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Fred. All right. Uh, let's stay in the realm of uh, football, college football specifically uh, at the moment, uh, because there is a, a new very high profile opening in college football. We've alluded to it, but uh, Nick Satan, I mean, Nick Saban has done it. He's finally retired. Yeah. Yeah. So. And he gave an interview today on ESPN saying basically he had finally decided five minutes before he talked to the team that he was retiring. He didn't even know when he woke up yesterday that he was going to for sure retire. I don't want to give the man uh, too much thought or, or, or effort or energy, but when he retired, I felt like 
and again, I'm going to use the words as they were in 1939, even though maybe they're not as politically correct, but I couldn't help but picture like the munchkins and ding dong, the witch is dead. (laughs) Oh, but come on. Seriously? Okay. I mean, I I can see how you feel that way. Nick Saban is the quintessential individual. Great if he's on your team. Yeah. Absolutely wretched if he's not. There you go. Thank well, you for tying it together, Jarek. We talked about that in, in the Slack, uh, I think last night or earlier today, about Caitlin Clark. And tremendous athlete. I'm not taking anything away from her. But, man, if she that, that epitome of the, yeah, if she's on your team, you love her, and if not, mm, thorn in the side. Yeah, and I I then made the mistake of stirring the pot by comparing her to J.J. Redick, which was ideal, but, you know, I it's, it's, ser- it's, it's seriously who she reminds me of. A very talented player who just, I you just want to punch as hard as humanly possible. Whoa. But, it, but at the same time, you have to appreciate what she is capable of because JJ Redick was the exact same way. There was absolutely going to get us kicked off, man. <laughs> there was absolutely no denying the talent. About punching a woman. <laughs> no, I'm not going to actually punch Caitlin Clark. Let's be real. Well, that's oh somebody my else. Gosh. I'm not going to do that. This but there is, is no denying. Now, an, it's at an all new low. Right Many now. can say that, but you can't. But there's no denying the absolute talent that Caitlin Clark possessed a lot like JJ Reddick, but at, at the same time, you just went, just go away. Just, I don't want to deal with them. Okay. We better switch topics quickly. Uh, I'm sorry. I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let, let's uh, cycle back to uh, Nebraska uh, quickly because many, I know you had some news, some assistant coach rankings. And we wanted yeah. to touch on that. And, really and eventually, cool. eventually Dylan's going to be like, uh, are you guys mm-hmm. done? What are, what are we doing? So <laughs> we're going to rapid fire some of these quickly. All right, real quick. Rob Dvorak. Dvorak is the third highest graded linebackers coach in 2023. Third highest. His rating was 83.5. What was the highest rating? Does does your chart tell you that or out of curiosity? Oh, I didn't check. Okay. I, I didn't mean, even I, check to see who was number one. I was just happy that, wow, that's huge. And he's coming back. And so are many of the, the linebackers. So I just appreciate your, uh, your, your tone and tenor there. <laughs> Don't go like, – like Bull Mountain. This is, all right, I apologize to everybody, but this is a deep cut. This is like Bull Mountain Mini. Don't go changing. <laughs> okay. No, uh, it's great. He's he's loyal. I mean, he's been with Matt Roll six out of the eight years he's been coaching. So I think he's he's going to be with us a while. That definitely is is uh, well. My hopes and my dreams, right there. Mm-hmm. My, my my hopes and my dreams. Um. Sorry, I, I thought I had a picture and didn't, so now I got to get the picture. Uh, and a couple of, well, we'll just put it this way a couple of individuals with Nebraska ties are going into the College Football Hall of Fame. 
Oh, yeah. We have um, head coach Solich. Frankie. Yeah. And, and can I, is it with your permission, can I say the other one? Please. Oh, so I had the honor and, and the privilege. It's no secret here. I, 20 and a half years ago, August of uh, 2023, I started my radio career in Shattered, Nebraska. A year later, uh, August a young, of 2023? What I say? No, August of 2003. Okay. <laughs> you can catch. It was 21 years ago. I appreciate uh, <laughs> You sound like me. <laughs> thank you. Um, a year later, uh, a young kid uh, steps onto campus from North Platte and would go on to rewrite record books, not just at Shadron State College, uh, but across uh, all of divisions of college football. He was a two-time Harlan Hill Award winner, which is the Division II version of the Heisman. For those of you who don't know, uh, he – did not get a, receive an offer from Bill Callahan's uh, Nebraska uh, Cornhusker team. Um, he was invited to come to Lincoln as a kick returner. He wanted to be a running back, and he wanted to play with his older brother, Ben. And who am I talking about? The one and only Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead's going in the College Football Hall of Fame. That's so cool. And, and this was uh, one of my last days. So this was end of November, said twenty, uh, two thousand six. Uh, but that is very young, Greg Mahachko. Oh my gosh! Uh, that is Look that. It. You're that much taller than him. What yeah. like a foot? <laughs> He's very short, which uh, led to a lot of his success. And I, I oh. talked with uh, you know being the sports guy out there, I would uh, talk with his coaches and whatnot. Uh, it really lended to his success because he just kind of snuck in behind the offensive lineman because oh, nobody see could see him. him. Yep. And uh, so that was my last weekend in Shadron. Um, and there are other pictures from that weekend uh, of me doing a lot of drinking um, as I prepared to, to make my way to Southeast Missouri. So a uh, big shout out to <laughs> that's when I was in a gang. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly that. Uh, Justin says, Oh, That's wow, where he got his rapping moves. <laughs> uh, uh, Aaron says, Danny Woodhead and Greg Durst. <laughs> you do. I was wondering whether somebody was coming up with a rap with a good rap uh, name for you. There was there's the old the biscuit reference for you. Let's see here. Um, let me see. Here we go. Fred says, Wow, Greg looks like he's uh gonna go see a green show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I knew that I knew that that image was going to, you know, I'd, I'd face some abuse. Uh, but I had, I never paid for a game, like to go watch a game at uh, Elliott Field, uh, Shatter State's uh, uh, stadium up there. I just said, yeah, I'm with the radio station in town, which was not a lie. And I did work down there. I had you know, a camera, I was doing pictures and whatnot, uh, but I never paid. It was always just so fun to uh, watch uh, Danny play. Um, and the student section to their credit, um, and, and, and friend of the show, Josh will attest to this because his name is Danny Woodhead and it was 20 something years ago with the student section, all had black t-shirts, white print, got wood uh, across the front of it, um, that they wore at all the games. It was, uh, it was good. Good time. Sounds good time. Cute. 
And it was a college <laughs> yeah. town, and I was 20 in my early 20s. So I, I definitely stayed I'm out sure of trouble. I'm sure you had one of those shirts, too. I did not. I did not because <laughs> I wasn't a student. See, I think you had to be a student. Um, you could have borrowed one from somebody. Maybe. Uh, Josh says uh, worked security all of his Shatter State home games. He worked in one end zone, and it was unreal how he disappeared when the line stood up, and then he would hit the hole and be second level before they saw him. I'm leaving that one open to you, Fred. I know that you're going to have something fun to add. Um, I, I, I had more of a problem, you know, in his NFL days when he played for the Chargers because as a Broncos fan, yeah, that, that was exactly the problem you ran into with Danny Woodhead was well, just a run right up the middle and you go, where did he go? And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, he's past the safety and he's running into the end zone. Great. He, he was an undrafted free agent uh, out of college, picked up by the Jets. And that was the year that the Jets were the feature team on HBO's uh, Hard Knocks. No, so sure. saw him a little bit there. Uh, sure. They let him go on a Tuesday the following Sunday, or in, in that time off the following Sunday, he was picked up by the Patriots and had a, his first col- or career touchdown against the Jets. Wow. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Um, that's also karma for the jets uh fred says why did i have to leave uh greg was at a loser leave town uh match uh cobby corn cage match versus john uh so i left i was a thousand miles from home i've met great people out there obviously I'm, I'm i still talk with josh every day i don't know why he puts up with me as he does um so great people great friends but i was a thousand miles from home uh and i wasn't making any money and uh, i thought i could make money more money at Cape Girardeau, Missouri, um, which I did for five months. And then I got fired and, and, you know, then you land on your feet elsewhere. So, uh, so yeah, tiger shark, uh, diver says he was five, two, uh, Fred Sacco called me. I am. <laughs> Fred <laughs> calls me DJ tone. Def. I be a quarterback. <laughs> um, so, hope. uh, congratulations to Danny. I'm, I'm very proud of, of, and then he went on to, uh, um, do a podcast or something like that, a little show of his own. So oh, maybe someday cool. we'll uh, do a, a cross promotion or something like that. Um, I better tell Dylan we're about ready for him uh, while we do that. I'm going to put this out here. I want you two to discuss this while I uh, make contact with Dylan because this quote will, I feel like, turn the calendar back a few years for you. This is a Lincoln Riley quote, and I hope uh, I'm going to have one of you read it and enjoy. Many you read it because you're okay. the co-host on the show. Okay. They're not used to West Coast speed. We're going to slap some barbecue sauce on those defenses and dog walk that conference. Lincoln Riley on expectations in the Big Ten next season. Wow. Huh. The defenses are going to have to adjust to us. Where that sounds, have I heard, what does that sound like? <laughs> or who does that sound like? <laughs> heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Lincoln Riley, because yes, your offense might put up 45 a contest, but guess what? It's also very capable of giving up 45 a contest. Their defense couldn't handle. <laughs> Their defense couldn't handle Colorado as good as our defense is. They locked out and won, but we still gave up less to Colorado than they did. What I don't understand is, has he not seen Big Ten defenses? I mean, 
You think he would have learned that one watching the national title game, given the fact that another future Big Ten opponent kind of got handled by a current Big Ten opponent. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but they might have speed, but it's, it's, it, their, their offensive line was not that good, in my opinion. And it, it's going to struggle this upcoming season, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yep, sorry. Ooh, there he is. Uh, I got the. I'm gonna read this one. This one made me chuckle. Okay. It's because I'm I'm immature. Uh, but Josh says that Lincoln Riley eats corn on the cob the long way. <laughs> I'm trying to picture that. <laughs> wow. <Sounds> really bad. <laughs> Many, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I I agree, Don. I think that uh, Lincoln is in for a rude awakening. Lincoln Riley, uh, not. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. So that, that, um, Lincoln, Nebraska might be the cold weather. It's currently eight degrees here with a minus twelve wind chill, and it's only gonna get worse this weekend. Well, it is time to bring in our our final panelist of the. Yeah, Fred says, "Don't Google it." <laughs> Not gonna. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we are pleased that now he has been uh, sitting idly by watching and listening to the show, waiting for his cue. And uh, we're just pleased as punch, as they would say 50 years ago, uh, to bring in really one of the, not not only is he on the coordination staff, but he's one of the preeminent uh, wrestling writers of, that you'll come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as, as many flowers as I give to Beth for volleyball, I, I give flowers for uh, wrestling and, and the journalistic integrity to Dylan, the way he covers the sport. Uh, it's second to none. It's very thorough. It's very exceptional. Uh, Dylan, welcome back to the five heart podcast. I appreciate it. I've been uh, having a lot of fun listening. You know, I, for hell, as far as I knew, I didn't know Nebraska had, had any other sports, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why we bring you on at the end of the show i thought it was a wrestling school <laughs> you know what it might be uh josh says I'm big like, red wrestling. um and fred is, says it's dylan the wrestling guy uh not yeah. that kind of wrestling fred um just so you know so yeah let's have it what are we uh are we start on polar bear or what i i really think we probably need to start with polar bear i mean there's so much Nebraska is in the midst of a tremendous season. Um, but the thing, right. of course, because it's tied to football that, that grabs most of the headlines is the fact that uh, Nash Hutmacher yeah. uh, stepped onto the mat for the first time since high school and was fairly successful. Right. I'll tell you, without Nash, Nebraska is a top three wrestling team in the country. Um, but I think he helps. I think he's going to help fill the stands and kind of, you know, add a lot of uh, intrigue from Husker Nation that doesn't really give as much love to the wrestling team as they probably should. Um, you know, he's a big man. And I've been, uh, you know, I work for, obviously, like you said, I appreciate the intro. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the Husker insider for Flow Wrestling. So I, I actually go watch practice like every other week. And I'll talk to Manning or whoever I'm, you know, interviewing. Uh, for my piece for them and 
about, uh, I'd say about a month ago, five weeks ago, I went and I go, all right, I know that guy. <laughs> you know, I see this huge person over in the corner and it's Nash. And I'm like, okay, I know who that is. I figure he was just doing the whole, you know, like lose a little, because I asked Manning and he told me, uh, you know, Matt Rule just wants him to trim some pounds off and get more agile and more athletic for a senior year. You know, they don't, they don't want him at 330. Um, so I figured that was a good way to, you know, they figured it was a good way to get there. But apparently he dropped 40 pounds in a month. Yeah. And I could see it because when I saw him the first time, he looked three. I mean, I don't think those guys are ever what they're listed, you know, on a, on, a, on a football, you know, like you'll see a basketball roster. The guy's listed six, nine, he's six, seven. Right. It happens all the time. What you, so you're you mean, saying you, you they, guy, may, they may fudge you, you, a little. Yeah, they fudge a little bit. He was about 320. Are you saying I, the guys lie about? <laughs> I think that's what he's saying. Greg. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Always. There's, the, there's, Always the, there's the weight on the scale and there's the weight on the on the in the program. It's just yep. <laughs> right. But like the first time I saw him, he was easily, you know, he was 320 and he was sweating. At practice like he's not used to that kind of practice and then i went a couple weeks later and he was a little smaller and i went a couple of weeks later and like it was the week of the week before he wrestled against wyoming and i go man he don't look like he's even 300 pounds wow so somehow somehow he made 285 um which makes him the largest heavyweight in the country uh i mean you know, the, the weight limit's 285, but 90% of guys are like 260 gotcha. that wrestle. I was, I, I was going to ask that because, you know, there's, um, you know, I for, forgive me, I don't know the, the specific, like, was it 235 or, or 195 well, or something like that? But but I, I always was curious if heavyweight had a cap on it. Yeah, it's a 285 cap, but like the weight below that is 197. So that's like, you know, 80 some pounds difference. So anybody that's, you know, 220 or higher is going to be a heavyweight. Gotcha. Okay. And, you know, most guys are like, you know, our other, our starting heavyweight most of the year is about 245. And Nash had to cut 40 pounds to get to 285. He's always been a heavyweight though. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he was a, a heavyweight also. Yeah, in high school he was like a you know he was a four time champ and went 166 and 0. I think he set 72 like the, straight pins is what I read. Yeah, he set like the national record for the most pins in a row ever. I think. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like the dude, uh, I, I like went and looked once and like every match of his was like a minute and two seconds. Some <laughs> some comments here, uh, Dylan, regarding uh, Nash and and. and as it pertains to uh, wrestling in, in large, uh, James says it takes a lot of prune juice to lose weight that fast. Uh, if that were the case, I would have a lot more prune juice. I, I, um, we had uh, Fred who had said, you kind of answered the question, but said, how long did Polar Bear practice with the team before he crushed that jabroni? And you said four or five weeks. Yeah, about, about five weeks, yeah. Uh, and Josh is uh, very jealous. Josh says it's official. Dylan has my dream gig, and now I want to hate him, but I won't. <laughs> so that's all right, Josh. It, it, it's so, fun. You can read my stuff. 
um, I want to talk about this Nebraska wrestling squad is there. I think, are they ranked third or fourth or? Well, it depends on where you look. Um, I don't really trust coaches rankings because coaches don't pay attention to everybody. Right. You know, um, I'm actually, I more lean towards the media rankings and what I go with is, uh, you know, flow wrestling who I work for. Right. Um, their team rankings, they basically rank every weight class and then the corresponding points that they would get at like mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament and that spot, they add it up. Nebraska is number two. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is Penn state who might have an all time best team in history this year, they're projected like 130 points and Nebraska is number two projected 67 that's a very large gap. Yeah, it's like double. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. That's and then, you know, and then the next, the next State really just that good? Yeah, they have like two guys that are three-time champs. Uh, they have like nine All-Americans on the team. They're, they could break the NCAA scoring record this year, wow. possibly. Did you happen to talk to Nash at all? I haven't yet, but I'm actually planning on doing it next week. Um for a piece. So uh, I'm hoping to, I mean, they can always say, they can always say no. <laughs> I mean, I just want to know why I, I know he's always loved wrestling and he's oh, a yeah. junior, you know, why now? Yeah. yeah I'll be, yeah, I'll be interested to find out. Um, I think it also has to do with the fact that heavyweight was Nebraska's worst weight class on the roster. Um, so like adding a, you know, adding a guy like Nash. Like what I really what I really want to know is like how committed is he? How um like how much leeway does Rule give this coaching staff to use him? You know, is he gonna be at the Big Ten and NCAA tournament? And is he gonna be allowed to be there? Like I don't know if they're gonna use him for a couple duels here and there or if he's gonna be like the guy. Oh, because he could get injured or something. Right. Potentially. Okay. When when is the uh, Big Ten tournament and the NCAA? Is it end of February? Those are in March. March. Okay, they're both in March. Okay. Yeah, like so, the I mean, that's spring football. Beginning and end of March. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like I mean, those are all questions that I have. You I know that I'll be, but I've been, you know, obviously, you know, a couple weeks ago. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with Husker wrestling outside of the polar bear too. Um, you know, like. The new new, ass, new assistant coach James you Green. Said, you sounded like, offended by that, by the way. You're like, <laughs> don't bring your football that. problems you over here. We're doing uh, okay without you. You football yeah. people. I know. Like, get out of here. We're already good, right? Um, <laughs> well, you're schooling us. We need to know this. Well, yeah. I mean, like nine. We got nine guys ranked in mm-hmm. in their weight classes. The only one not ranked is Nash. For now. Um, so, and like we're taking on Iowa, a team we haven't beaten since 05. Um, but Iowa's kind of in a down year, and Nebraska has kind of a one of its best teams it's had in a long time. So it looks prime for an opportunity for Nebraska to get a win, uh, especially being at home. I mean, obviously, you guys probably talked about before the, uh, you know, the gambling suspensions. For Iowa, Iowa State. 
I don't know if you guys talked about that at all. We haven't talked about it. No. Not tonight. Yeah. Tell us. Um, yeah. Iowa lost like three starters before the season to NCAA uh, uh, violations. Violations for like gambling suspensions. So like three of their starters are just like their eligibility is gone for the year, and they're all uh, seniors. So they're just done. Too bad so, for yeah. them. So. I mean, that like makes us, you know, this team, they're against it right now against Nebraska. They are not favored. But like there's looking at the lineups, there's like six or seven like toss up matches, like literal coin flips that could decide it either way. Yeah. On your, um, the flow, what's it called again? Flow the flow, wrestling.org. Flow wrestling. It yeah. said that they were ranked like seventh or eighth. Iowa. Who, Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, they're at number six right now, and Nebraska's number two. Okay. But there's not a lot of gap. Like, you know, between, you know, there's 60 points separating Nebraska and Penn State, and, like, the next six teams are, like, separated by, like, 12. Oh, okay. So, like, it's kind of a race for second place this year. Gotcha. Uh, Real good question here from James. He's asking – you mentioned everybody who's projected to – uh, wrestle tomorrow against Iowa is ranked except for Nash. Oh, that's not the right one. Um, what is the minimum number of matches one needs to be able to be ranked? I mean, there's not really a minimum. It just kind of, you know, has to go with uh, what have you done? And, you know, like that was, you know, that was Nash's first, first college match. And it was against an unranked freshman. So, you know, pinning that guy, you know, that guy would get pinned by a lot of, top dudes that particular one didn't really move the needle is that what you're saying no not so much but like this weekend it might yeah no, um, I saw, you know, against iowa i saw that um is this being streamed just like on this is on big 10 like the big 10 network okay. friday night on t you know cable great okay perfect yeah so it's it's gonna be a big atmosphere i think they're gonna try to i mean obviously i don't know but with the storm the snowstorm is supposed to be coming in so it might be tough, but I'm, I'm expecting a huge crowd, like as far as what they're used to at Devaney. I mean, they usually go a couple thousand people. They're never packing the place, which, you know, I think is kind of a travesty because those dual matchups are super fun. I mean, they, they helped get Dylan Riola, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was actually there. I was actually at that duel when I saw him. Like they had the whole section roped off for him. But Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you, can, you right. can't come on the show and, and talk about <laughs> almost encounters with Dylan Royal in front of me because it's not. <laughs> hey, more. my name's Dylan, though. We got the same name. Hey, uh, there you go. Many, many uh, auditioned to try to be on the uh, chain gang of the school that Dylan <laughs> was attending in, in Arizona. Uh, when he left, she said, no, I don't want to be here anymore. She right. tanked her audition. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, had a, uh, uh, fun question uh, here from Aaron wants to know if we can call singlets wrestling leotards. Yeah, I mean, like if you're old, um, no, my dad calls it wrestling. It's super funny. I love it. Uh, let's see here. Um, so I was actually looking at flowwrestling.org yesterday, and okay. your colleague uh, John Kozak, yeah, um, and doing a preview, a full preview, and his predictions for uh, the uh, duel. Tomorrow night, Big Ten Network, uh, 6.30 Central, 
God's preferred time zone, by the way. Uh, 5.30 if you live out in the mountain time zone. I don't know anybody who would want to do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're right. There's a lot of uh, ranked wrestlers on both sides. Nebraska has the edge right now. Uh, I want to talk about some of some of Nebraska's worst because they did have a little bit of attrition. I mean, some guys, you know, finally aged out of, of collegiate wrestling. But right. one guy who took last year off from collegiate wrestling and, and wrestle more internationally, he's now the number one ranked 149 pound wrestler in the country. And that's Ridge Lovett. How impressive is this guy? Um, as far as like wrestling wise, he, you know, he took a year off to work on um, his offense on the feet because, you know, a lot of, as you know, there's three phases to wrestling. You got on the feet, neutral, on top, and on bottom, right? Now, he is as elite as it gets on top. I mean, there, I don't know if you've watched many wrestling matches, but, they, you know, they get to choose top or bottom ones, right? Stand to, down, Fred. To start the period. And mo- 99% of wrestling matches you're going to watch, the guy's going to choose down to get the escape point. Um, very few people even choose down against Ridge Lovett because he just turns you and pins you. He's like a leech. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to watch when he gets going on top. Like he, uh, it looks miserable. These guys are miserable wrestling Ridge Lovett on the bottom. So they just choose neutral. So they don't even want that escape point because they know they're not getting it. Um, but like, also, you know, I've talked to him a handful of times too. And he's super impressive uh, interview. He's ultra confident, has a lot of swagger about him, kind of, you know, some moxie. Like he's kind of, he, he has a personality to him. Um, I actually think, I personally think he's going to break Nebraska's streak of no national champs since Jordan Burroughs. Um, I think he'll win it this year. He, he already beat the number two guy. Um, two years ago, he was in the NCAA final as a sophomore. So he's been there. And the guys that were kind of ahead of him but when he was young are graduated out. So it's kind of his time. And I, I mean, talking to him, he wants to be a two-time national champ. That's his goal. Now's the time to do it. Then. Dylan, I have a question for you. So What's as that? far as wrestling goes – um, I heard that, you know, beyond college, yeah. there's just, you know, the Olympics, basically. Well, you can do that also in college. But what else is there for a wrestler to do? I mean, that's um, part of. That's kind of a thing that like in the more so in the past, it was kind of a those guys went to MMA or coaching. WWE. Right. Say it, or, say, yeah. it, say it, Dylan. Say it. Or, or if you want to, you know, not use your potential, you'll go to WWE, um, <laughs> like Gable Stevenson, right? Um, but I mean, there's every year there's a world championship. Um, there's multiple, you know, tournaments all around the world that you can go to. There's money to be made. You know, like a guy like Jordan Burroughs makes money, um, but it's not very easy for these lower level guys to do it. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of working towards these guys being able to get paid more. They need to. But I mean, a lot of it is just like these guys, these elite guys, you know, they go to UFC. I mean, Kamaru Usman, 
he wrestled at UNK. Um, you know, a lot of these, you know, like uh, Justin Gaethje was an All-American wrestler. Uh, John Jones was a was a wrestler. I mean, all these guys that a lot of these guys in, you know, Colby Covington was a wrestler. Um, you know, these guys have to go somewhere to make money, and wrestling's a really good base for MMA. You know, like a Bo Nickel. Okay, Bo Nickel was one of the best college wrestlers of all time that I've ever seen. Penn State, and he is in the UFC now, undefeated. I think he's just like four zero. But a lot of people are saying he's going to be a future champ because, like, nobody can wrestle with him. Like, nobody can. And, I mean, he made all Americans look like he was wrestling me when he was in college. I, you mentioned Jordan Burroughs and how it's Ridge Lovett's goal or dream to be the first national champion in Nebraska since Burroughs. When, what year was Burroughs here? Because I know he's been a multi-time uh, Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, he won in 2011. Eleven. Okay, I I I knew it was more than a decade for whatever reason. I want to say like oh nine, but I'm glad that you. Well, it was oh, he won in oh nine too. He won oh nine oh. and oh eleven. Gotcha. Yeah, but then he he had a year in between where he got hurt and had to take a medical. A couple of the other, you know, again when you're talking about fifteen, almost fifteen guys who are are uh, ranked for Nebraska, uh, you know, we could spend a whole and probably should spend a whole episode uh, on it, but. Uh, Peyton Robb, Brock Hardy, Caleb Smith. Uh, tell me what you expect in that that one twenty five matchup with with Caleb because your uh, your your colleague over Flow Wrestling. I don't know if he's giving Smith all of the uh, all the love he should be. Yeah, uh, man, that's a tough matchup. Drake Ayala from Iowa is really good, um, but like that's just another one of the matchups here where you know Caleb Smith's ranked fifth. He's fourteen or two. His two losses came to the same guy. Um, he sometimes in wrestling stylistically, you just can't get past a guy that is wrestles a sh- certain way, right? Mm-hmm. But you can beat everybody else. Now Drake Ayala, he's number nine. He's nine and one. So like they they're both on you know having super solid seasons, but that's just another coin flip. And honestly, how tight this duel is going to be the winner of that match might decide it. Well, you know, and, and we talked about just the, the competitive evenness. That's not the word I was looking for, but it's the one I stuck with. Um, you know, Silas Allred's another one that, that we right. kind of didn't uh, lean into, yeah. but, uh, but your buddy John over there, uh, he says he predicts this thing could go down to, the, the heavyweight, you know, the, the final uh, match about uh, of the evening. He, he has the Iowa wrestler uh, defeating uh, Nash, if Nash is in that spot. I don't want to put you on the spot. And I don't want to put you at odds with your uh, flow wrestling yeah. colleague. I mean, right. I do. I'm going to. <laughs> but let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do that thing that I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around. Uh, how do Honestly, uh, how do you see this duel going tomorrow night, Iowa-Nebraska? Okay, well, originally, last night, when I wrote my preview, it wasn't known who either team was going to wrestle. So I kind of wrote a thing about it could be Nash for Nebraska, it could be Harley Andrews for Nebraska, it could be 
this Bradley Hill guy for Iowa, who's a redshirt freshman. He's solid, but like nothing spectacular. Um, but f- here's the rub is Iowa actually has its own football player slash wrestler. <laughs> and he's, a, he's a heavyweight too. His yeah. name is, his name is Ben Keeter. He's a linebacker, right? What's his name? Ben Keeter. Okay. He's a, in high school. He was 111 and 0. It's so not 166. I'm just saying. It's not 166. <laughs> so four time champ. He was also a U20 world champion though. When he was like 17, he won a U20 world championship. Wow. But here's the deal, and I went into it in the article. Is I don't think they're going to wrestle him because Manning already came out and said Nash is wrestling, and. Nash is listed, so they're both in football, so I have their height and weight in football, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Nash is 6'4", 330, right? He had to drop 40 pounds to get to weight. So, like, mm-hmm. realistically, when he wrestles, he's going to be 295. That's a big boy. I mean, he'll just put 10 pounds on in water, right? The other kid is 6'2", 220. Oof. So I don't, I don't know. Like he's a world champion, age level world champ, but like he's going to be giving up 60 pounds if he wrestles Nash. And I don't know, like Nash also, you know, he was like a prep champion and freestyle and folk style. Like he was no slouch in wrestling. And I just don't see how Iowa could put their true freshman against like a full grown man. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like a dude that's 65, 65 pounds heavier than you. I mean, if he shoots underneath Nash, Nash just sprawls and lands on him and takes him out. Yeah. So I don't think they're, I think they're just going to wrestle their other guy, uh, that Bradley Hill. But I think Nash pins that guy. I, I want to, for comparison's sake, Nash, Ben. Oh my goodness. Now granted that's that's you know, I, I was sent you know, I was sitting here, yeah. you know, something like that. That's that's probably not him in college, but big boy. Yeah. Full grown polar right. bear wearing a sweater right there. Uh I'm pretty sure he can't drive yet. Right. And like don't get don't get me wrong, like that kid is that kid's a legit talent. But like Nash was also the number one heavyweight in the country in high school. Like according to the rank, like recruiting rankings, and he was the number ten in the whole class overall. So Nash isn't just big; he's big and he's really good at wrestling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I'm big, but I'm 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 worthless. So that's like you know that that's a big difference. Like him knowing how to wrestle, and like you said, he had seventy three pins in a row. And if you're, know, if, you're that, if you're that good and you got sixty pounds on a guy, I don't. I just don't see it. And if it comes down to that match, I I think Nash beats either of their guys. And I actually think I agree. It's going to come down to the heavyweight because there's so many coin flips mm-hmm. in this, ter- in this duel. There, there are so many close matches. I could see a team. Nebraska could win by 20 and I wouldn't be shocked. They would just have to pull off multiple coin flips in a row. Right. But like, right, I wouldn't so be, it's going to be like Nebraska, Iowa football, just on the yeah, rest I mean, of that. Yeah, I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be super shocked, but I think it's going to probably come down to you know Nebraska's up two with heavyweight, 
and then Nash goes and decks his, you know, pins his guy. But like, how? What kind of story is that going to be? Is the football player comes out and beats Iowa in wrestling? First time we've done it since '05. Have Have Nebraska like and Iowa have they always? Have they always met in wrestling, even when you know prior to Nebraska being in, in the Big Ten? I mean, just because uh, of proximity and, and the history of the two uh, programs. I don't, believe it, I don't believe it was an annual thing, but they've Iowa's won 12, 12 in a row. That's too many. So yeah. it's enough. And even like, and I'll give Manning credit. One time he was asked, you know, what about this rivalry with Iowa? And he was like, there ain't no rivalry if we don't win. You know, if they keep beating us, we're not their rival. Right. You know, Penn State's their rival. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they think of us as like. Yeah, they kind, of little do, brother. they kind of do. But like, you know, if you beat somebody 12 times in a row, I kind of would think that too. <laughs> no. um, Dylan, Fred, Fred's got a really good question for you. Uh, yeah, shoot. And, and how does NIL work for Nebraska wrestling? Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about NIL there. I'm sure it just has to do with like the collective. I don't think they do a lot of, uh, I don't think they honestly do a lot of NIL. They do just selling the program and the coaches and okay. So I did a big piece over the summer. I don't know if you remember this, Craig, about that. Um, Nebraska's athletic trainer, Tyler Wieda, like the wrestling trainer. And I talked to him recently and he was like, dude, there's a reason that we don't have transfers going out. Like we don't have starters leaving. Like the only guys we have leave are guys that are stuck behind guys like Ridge Lovett. Sure. Right. And he's like, and we help them find places to go where they can, where they can start. Right. Okay. They don't have guys leave. And like, when I talked to Manning, he said that Caleb Smith, you know, who transferred in this year from app state, he's like, he turned down many, multi-thousand dollar NIL deals at different schools to come here. So like, I, I mean, okay. Look at the coaching staff. Mark Manning is a legend. Mm -hmm. The associate head coach, the number two is Brian Snyder, who was like a two time NCAA finalist in Nebraska. He's the head coach in waiting, right? Your next assistant is Tervel Delagnev, who has an Olympic bronze medal and is like widely considered one of the best heavyweight coaches in the country. What? And then your other assistant, your other assistant is James Green, who has been on six world teams. He's won two world medals and he's going, uh, he just had hip surgery last year after retiring. And now he's feeling so good. He's coming out of retirement to make an Olympic run. How old is this guy? 31. Yeah, I, I actually I sat down with him for like 30 <laughs> minutes last week, and it was super interesting uh, what he's kind of gone through. And like he told me, he's like, I feel better than I ever felt even before college. That's the so, and, and miracle like, of modern medicine. He's dropping down to 65 kilos, and like he is dead set on making the Olympics. Uh, all right. So I have, coach, those are the guys you get to learn from. Like those are your coaches. So like, how could you not want to, you know, come wrestle here? There are, I, I feel like there are very few coaches in the country who might be 
uh, high, higher, high, more highly regarded than Mark Manning, you know? Yeah. Uh, Iowa, Penn state. I, I know it just saying Iowa is, you know, might, might cause some people, but you can't, you can't deny what Iowa does as right. un, as unimpressive and uninspiring as they are on the football field. Uh, what they do in the wrestling room is pretty gosh darn good. Yeah. I don't really like the brands brothers, but they're really good coaches. You know, they obviously are. They, they win a lot of matches and they win national championships and, uh, you know, proofs in the pudding, man. Um, Um, Were you at the, the game where um, there was Dana Holgerson in the audience? Uh, No, I wasn't. Um, That was last weekend when they had that tri duel. It was like an afternoon. Um, but no, I heard about it. I heard that he was there. That's the one that Nash was at with all the football players. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. I wish I was. Yeah. I wish I was there, but I did not make it. Mini. I know. Come on, stay focused. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we, right. we didn't even we didn't even talk about Peyton Rob and like his flesh eating disease, man. Wait. You remember that? I do. And and yeah, that did that happen right after? Didn't that happen right after? Uh, the NCAA tournament last year, right? It happened during it. Oh, that's right. Because he woke up and he was like all cold and shaky and puking. And uh, he still went out and like went to overtime with like the guy that he's the guy he's wrestling this week with for Iowa. He wrestled while battling flesh eating disease and took him to overtime. And that wrestler's name is Jared, Jared Frannick. Number two yeah. in the country. Yeah. And Peyton's bounced back in a big way because I mean he's he's having another type yeah. of season that could you know should see him at the nationals and and probably on on you know the finals day so right. um, there's just there what this is the beauty and also the the shame of of wrestling is that there are a lot of really interesting stories uh, to follow yeah. with uh, not just this year's team but but I mean. Uh, we've had we I, I'm not there, but uh, Dylan, you've had the, the pleasure of watching uh, so much Nebraska wrestling. There have been so many great uh, wrestlers come through, but again, so many of them are just just not quite. I mean, tons of all Americans, but no national champions here in the last uh, uh, decade and change. Um, right. But we do have some wrestling novices uh, in in the Chatterfields, and Justin is one of them, and. I'm going to ask, I'm going to read Justin's question and then I'm going to read Fred's answer because it's a, it's a Fred's on his best behavior. He says, I'm behaving. Uh, Dylan's here. I used to wrestle. So like we found the way to get Fred to behave himself. Uh, But Justin said, uh, Dylan, for us, not as knowledgeable of wrestling. What are the different wrestling styles? And then uh, I'll read Fred's answer and you fill in any gaps. Uh, Fred says there's folk styles like high school or college wrestling. There's also Greco Roman, which is upper body throws freestyle is, uh, kind of a mix. If I remember correctly, and I'll let you take Um, it from there. Yes. Uh, folk style is like what we do in the United States in high school and college. Uh, they don't really do it anywhere else. Um, I think it's the most appealing to watch. Um, it has a lot of, you know, like the, the top and bottom position, like freestyle. If you take a guy down and you don't turn him within like five seconds, they stand you up. So freestyle is pretty much folk style, but with no like being on top or riding or no riding time. Yeah. Right. And, so and they, it, they, they get to that stalling 
It's very um, much about it's very much about how good you are on your feet. Mm-hmm. That's why, like a guy like Jordan Burroughs, you know, he went from a two-time NCAA champ to a seven-time Olympic and world champ because his style, even in folk style in college, was so dynamic on his feet. He didn't ride people. You know, he wasn't like throwing in bars and turning guys over. He was like taking you down and letting you up, and then take you down again and let you up. And then do you just keep doing it? And it was, you know, perfect style for freestyle, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, that's what the Olympics and world championships is freestyle and Greco. Uh, yeah. Greco is kind of the, like the, you know, the redhead stepchild of wrestling a little bit. Where, Isn't that like the Rulon Gardner? Yeah. Rulon was Greco. Yep. And uh, um, so was, oh my God. I'm, uh, the, the kid from Omaha. No, the kid from Highland, Illinois, who was a, a center uh, for us, and then went and wrestled at Concordia, whose name is. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Tanner, Tanner Farmer. Tanner Farmer. Yeah. Oh, I beat you to it, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I, I actually, me and my dad went to NCAA championships last year. My dad took me uh, in uh, in Oklahoma, and I ran into Tanner Farmer, and I actually got. I talked to him and ended up getting his phone number and interviewed him for a piece this last summer for us. Um, so that was pretty cool. But, yeah, he's a big man. You talked to him a lot about his time uh, as a football player, I'm sure. Yeah. We, yeah, we talked about that. And then just like, uh, you know, he went, you know, obviously he went to Concordia, right? And, yeah, he was a, almost a national champ there. but. Yeah, he's tried to make a few like Olympic teams and like gotten super close or like world teams and hasn't been able to get over the hump against a couple guys. But yeah, he's really good. He's a he's a nice dude too. So full, I like how uh, let's see. Uh, Fred says, uh, "Nope, that's not it." Uh, Tiger Shark Diver says, "Folk style is America. The rest sucks." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best one. Yeah. What what is it? I I would imagine if you had to go from if you had to go from folk style to one of the two, right? Greco Roman or freestyle? Is there an easier one to transition to if you're going to try to wrestle internationally? Yeah, yeah for sure. Most guys go freestyle because gotcha. like you know in Greco you're just like you're not able to touch below you know at the legs, and like a lot of folk style is leg attacks, you know, shooting an ankle or whatever, try to get a guy down. So most guys gravitate to freestyle. Um, we actually got, um, I was looking, I was tallying it. We got six former Huskers that are already qualified for the Olympic trials. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They just had a tournament a couple weeks ago. We had like four guys qualify for it. It's really, that's like one of those tournaments that like you, it's hard to qualify for. So like when they get to it, there's like eight or nine guys in the bracket because that's all that qualified. Right, you're you're gonna have to come back on and when it gets right. closer, yeah. Oh, for sure. Update yeah. us because that is awesome. Yeah, wow. that'd be like in April. In April, okay. Is the qual is the Olympic trials? I mean, we got like you know, you got like Burroughs and James Green, and but like we got a couple guys that graduated recently that are in uh, that you know qualified already, so they're ready to go. Who? That's thank awesome. you. I, I I can't remember his name. I know he was an All-American last year and probably the year before at, I want to say, 184, 197 for Nebraska. You're talking about Labriola? Thank you. Michael Labriola. Yeah, he was at 74. 
Okay. I was I I was in the vicinity. I was only 20, 25 pounds off. Uh yeah. is he one of those guys who's who's he's not. Bit... Okay. Um he hasn't he was he was entered a tournament, but then he didn't wrestle. Um there's still a couple there's like different qualifiers to make it. And they have like one later on in the like in April. It's cause the, the last chance qualifier where like everybody that's not qualified goes into a bracket and the winner gets into the tournament. So he'll, he'll likely be in that, but like the United States is so deep. I, I don't know if, I don't know if he's even got a chance to get into it, to be honest with you. Isn't that crazy? He was an all American a year ago. Yeah. Four timer, four time all American and, yeah. and may not, you know, have what quite what it takes, but that's why they train, right? I mean, that's why, that's why places like Foxcatcher exist to train wrestlers and and hopefully not try to kill them. And every year we got more, you know, you got more national champs and all Americans graduating and jumping Fill, into the pool, into the, pool the funnel. Athletes, yeah. You know, I mean, I, that's that's what shows, like, you know, a guy like Jordan Burroughs, who's like been on eleven world and Olympic teams, right? Or like James Green, who's been on six of them, like to be able to do it year after year after year with like constant influx of talent into the pool. That's crazy. Pretty, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Hi, Jarek. <laughs> Hi, Jarek. Hey, I, I, I like <laughs> my knowledge of wrestling is very minimal. So I'm actually enjoying all of this to be rather honest with you. That, that, I appreciate that. Yeah. It, and again, it, it's, you're sitting under the, a tremendous learning tree. Uh, yeah. When Dylan's on, I I tout to anybody anytime there's any wrestling question of like, look, if you're not if you're a wrestling fan and you're not following now, I, I can never remember the flow wrestling where where you were doing your side hustle. Um, but <laughs> uh, if if you're a Nebraska wrestling fan, it, there's no more complete uh, coverage of Nebraska wrestling than on Coronation.com um, because Dylan puts the time and effort into it that that the uh, World Heralds and the Lincoln Journal stars aren't because it's not a. I, I, is it safe to say it's just not a money sport? Yeah, no, I think it's safe. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, I mean, it does its thing. It needs to be though. And and we have uh, uh, Dylan, who's is knowledgeable, passionate, and uh, you know takes the time to. So uh, again, Nebraska wrestling fans, make sure that you are are checking out coronation.com uh routinely for uh dylan's write-ups or you know that flow wrestling something <laughs> or other flow wrestling uh flow wrestling.org i know uh and and uh make sure that you you if if you got to subscribe or whatever it is you, you know, just click on the stuff with dylan's name on it and you will be educated you'll be kept up to speed on everything uh i also do the i also do the nebraska high school rankings for them too that's too much man I hope I hope they're paying you time and a half. I know they should be right. They should. Be. <laughs> we should all be. Yeah, we should all be so lucky. Um, right. But uh, kids, this thing has gone almost two hours again. It's been so yeah. great. Um, I am we, so thanks glad. for having me, guys. Oh my gosh, very educational. I'm watching we, tomorrow. Watch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, watch it before the duel, right? It is. So we have uh, Nebraska Iowa back to back events tomorrow. We have wrestling. Again, that is 5.30, uh, no, 6.30, I'm sorry, Central, uh, 5.30 uh, Mountain Time. 
And then Nebraska men's basketball against Iowa. I'm doing, you can't see it. I'm doing a lot of this with my hands. I don't know why. I like juggling the air. Um, but men's basketball, Nebraska, Iowa, uh, also tomorrow night. So uh, turn on Big Ten that, Network. Yes, Jerk. That's at 8.30. And on a nice irony, I actually am covering that for coordination. So Nice. So we'll, we'll, Dylan and I will get you set up for everything you need to know for tomorrow. Perfect. Uh, hopefully, you know, it'd be nice. Uh, and I'm going to put you two in charge of it. No pressure. Um, but over on coordination.com, a, a, a match and, or a dual and game thread. Yeah, oh, you can definitely set that up. Yeah, I can. Uh, you won't be paid extra. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. since we have Nebraska athletics on TV, it'd be a great place to uh, uh, scope that out. So uh, let's see. Fred says that Minnie's going to watch and diagram the flow for next week. I got it. Uh, Mike says that this is an education. Thank you. Um, uh, let's see. Fred says flow wrestling, not to be confused with the flow of our former HC hoped for. <laughs> um, I think you're supposed to say that rapping. I'm not. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, let's see. No, I don't, I don't, I don't rap. I'm too old. Um, uh, Josh is reiterating something we talked about, but since it's wrestling could literally come down to heavyweight match, everyone watch on big 10 network or uh big plus or whatever it's on. It's on big 10 network. Uh, it's going to be a wow. burn burner. Um, Can't wait. Let's man. see. Uh, and then kind of, we're going to leave it here. We're going to switch back to football briefly. Dylan, don't run off. Um, okay. but James said this, uh, over an hour ago, the curse has entered the transfer portal and is going to Alabama. Now they can have 20 years of suck. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be great? It's their yeah. turn. That it, is it would be wonderful. amazing. Um, uh, <laughs> Josh, to answer your question, we joined the thread. Uh, yeah. So it'll be on coronation.com. All you got to do is log in as your usual, like commenting and then, uh, you know, comment along. I know the, the game threads for, Football are obviously always very lively in basketball, I'm sure, as well. Uh, and Fred says that uh, DJ Greg and the Funky Bunch, so I guess that makes you three uh, the Funky Bunch there. Yeah. I, don't think I, I don't think I've ever been funky in anything I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> it's never too late to try and break a hip. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Excellent. Well, uh, big thank yous, big shout outs to Jarek for joining us. Dylan, of course, uh, many always great seeing you again. No John tonight, which is probably good. Cause we wouldn't have had space for him anyway. Uh, I don't know if I saw this one. Okay. I got to say this. I'm being pressured. Tiger shark diver says, Greg show Dylan, my comment wrestlers get no support. Is that the comment? I guess so. Oh, uh, right. thank you, Dylan. We need more wrestlers supporting. I don't know. We do. Yeah, I more, yeah, more I supporting. Agree. I'm on that bus now. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I think all, a lot of people listening need to go to the Devaney tomorrow and watch this. It's going to be great. Yeah, you know, yeah. brave, brave the blizzard, and you know, right. There's I a polar bear. I could. Oh, the, that's the, right. There's a. Yeah, Will the polar, a polar bear, bear get a get a sled and take everybody home safely at the end of the night? <laughs> I mean, what better, what better way to go see a polar bear than in 10 inches of snow? Right. <laughs> in its natural habitat. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even have to go to the Lincoln Zoo for that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Fred says, see, I got to read things sometimes. So I, I apologize when I go quiet. I get no respect. I tell you, I'd come home and my parents wrap my lunch in a roadmap. 
right back out the door. So, yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the five heart podcast. Thank you all for tuning in, uh, joining us for the last almost two hours of, of uh, hopefully enjoyable content. Like, look, uh, you could watch an entire movie or you could spend some time with us. And by God, I'm grateful that you choose us. Uh, um, next week, I'm going to have the poll of, do you watch us on your mobile device or do you watch us on a, on a computer? Do you cast it onto a TV? Uh, I feel like some people do that. Um, but, uh, many, are you signaling to me? Yeah. Don't, okay. don't leave us just yet. The polar plunge. Oh, okay. Mm. Take it many. Well, the only thing I know about it is, is scheduled for January 27th and John did, did it last year. He's planning on doing it again, right? Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll make him. Yes. <laughs> He asked us to remind him to talk about it tonight, and he's not here. So I'm going to put uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota polar plunge and see what happens in Google. He, he needs constant reminders, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, he's old. He's got that brain injury, he says. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, we know. That alleged. <laughs> the alleged. <laughs> um. Yeah, so polar plunge. Um, someday, maybe he'll—I don't know—get us a link that it. we can Tell share. Yep, let's put it on our calendars, though. Like All right, and copy corn. Don't forget about copy corn. And while you're at it, don't forget about that book, Ben Dead Never Been to Europe. Uh, and now he can put Ben Dead uh, and Ben to Tuscaloosa, but never been to Europe. So <laughs> that's what he has to look forward to. He will never watch or listen to this, so we're safe. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, James Boardman says Young Guns and Polar Plunge. Let's make it a weekend. That could be a good time. Um, all right, Mini, are, are, am, am I am I free to close the show <laughs> yeah. now, boss? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Next time we'll have a link for the Polar Plunge that you can help uh, support John as he freezes what hair he has. Oh, anyway, all right for uh, for our esteemed guests and and our friends at Coronation for many. I'm Greg Mahachko. This is the Five Heart Podcast. We remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the hearts you need. Many. That's right. Go big red. And good night, everybody. Stay safe. Stay warm. Um, take extra batteries and a granola bar in your vehicle if you're going to be driving through a blizzard. That's right. Good yeah, night. a blanket. Right. And, and a blanket. Yeah. And water. Water. Okay. Now just take a bag. Take a cooler. <laughs> Go home. Stay safe. Piece of beer. <laughs> <laughs>